Yeah, welcome to tonight's edition of Draft Utopia. Chris Ransom joining me tonight is Ord Sheary, and week 12 is in the books. It was a long week 12. It felt like the never-ending NFL week. Honestly, it did with the Steeler game being delayed three times, but <laughs> out of the way, and it's going to be a fun week 13 here in the NFL. Got so many exciting games. I think the main one's going to be Browns-Titans, but before we get to that, I'm sure you've got some news or topics you'd like to discuss. Yeah, let's uh, let's just start out with basketball, actually. How do you like that Anthony Davis signing, re-signing with the with the uh, five-year deal, $190 million with, back with the Lakers. Him and LeBron have the long term. These are This is going to be a couple other championships going to this team. I think they improved themselves already this year. I see another championship with the full season coming up. I do too. And the Lakers, they extended LeBron earlier. The Lakers have just had a fabulous offseason. And what I mean by fabulous, I mean... They got Mark Gasol, the younger brother of Paul Gasol, as a backup to Anthony Davis. If Davis is playing center, LeBron's playing power forward. And those two forwards are interchangeable. But if LeBron's playing power forward and Davis is playing center, like in game six of the NBA Finals, you'll have Kuzma at small forward. You will have, uh, I think you have Avery Bradley back. You got rid of Jeff Green, but Avery Bradley's on a contract here. And you've got Dennis Schroeder from a trade where you had to give up 28 in the draft in a deep point guard draft. So I think the Lakers are going to be back and two big signings, LeBron taking a two-year extension and Davis getting that huge contract. Those were huge moves for the Lakers. And I'd like to get to an NBA news thing that happened myself. Cause that sure. I did hear about the Davis thing, but I was kind of hoping we'd open up the show with the uh, Russell Westbrook, John Wall trade. Cause that was a big trade on Wednesday. Oh yeah. Let's do that one. The John Wall, Russell Westbrook trade. Uh, you know, let's, let's talk about that, you know, and it's a big story going on. Uh, you know, the Houston Rockets guard, John Wall says goodbye. And now or you should say, and uh, you know, you like that cousins and wall reunite on the Rockets. And then Russell moves to the Wizards. Yep. John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins were teammates at Kentucky. They'll reunite on the Rockets. They have James Harden, too. And I forgot Cousins was even on the Rockets because they traded Clint Capella to Atlanta. And I was like, but yeah, Cousins and Wall being reunited is going to be huge in terms of team chemistry. I think the Rockets are right back where they were with this move they made James Harden happy enough not to demand a trade but they still don't have the pieces to push for a championship yet so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with the Rockets and with the Wizards I'm just not sure if Russell Westbrook compliments Bradley Beal from a team standpoint you know correct I mean you know I just we just want to see I mean it's gonna see I just as like we spoke about this top team so no I just don't see no matter how built a roster will be it's going to be very hard to defeat the Lakers in the West in conference. That's for sure. Yeah. Cause you still have the Clippers. They have all the guys they had from last year back and you've got um, 
the Denver Nuggets are still just as lethal. So I just don't see the Rockets, even if they win the first round again, I just don't see them getting past that second round. They're still in that glass ceiling. But it's a great trade for them because now you get a first-round pick and you have three players to build around in the future. Definitely, definitely. You know, we have a lot of things going on um, all over uh the sports, but we're going to skip, you know, a lot of stuff um, because it's in the middle of the year. We just finished, we went on with the baseball finish. We just finished with the basketball draft. Um, you know, you've been doing a couple of soccer things. You want to fill me in on the soccer that I'm not familiar with, but I know you want to get like, yeah. up a couple of minutes with that. MLS playoffs took place this week. Um, so the final four for the MLS playoffs is set the eastern conference finals will be on sunday you're gonna have caleb porter and bruce arena on abc at 3 30 p.m eastern to my favorite coach of all time bruce arena caleb porter was kind enough to take a photo with me when i went to the 2019 mls super draft as a member of the media so I, I love both of these coaches and this is going to be a fun matchup but the other matchup minnesota united fc is heading to seattle the Sporting Kansas City was the top seed in MLS, but they they got knocked out on Fox last night. I'm pretty sure you weren't watching the game because there was no football on, but, like, Minnesota went into Sporting Kansas City, went into the top seed, and knocked off the top seed. And Dan St. Clair, one of the goalies I interviewed at that 2019 Super Draft, I know we interviewed Patino on a podcast, the guy who went third overall to Orlando, but Dan St. Clair, the former Maryland goalie, He's one of the guys I interviewed at that draft as a member of the media, and he was very selfless in his interview then. He's still selfless now, and he's got a great team around him. So they're going to play on Monday night. That's the reason there's no triple header on Monday night football, because if their MLS Western Conference Finals weren't scheduled for Monday night on FS1 or Fox, I think, I don't know which network it is, but if that was not scheduled for Monday, I think Fox would have aired the Ravens game on Monday as part of a triple header. But because the MLS playoffs are on, that game gets pushed back to Tuesday, the Ravens-Cowboys game. That's why that game has been flexed to Tuesday. All right, let's jump into one of our football topics. That's pretty much the news. I don't want to go too much detail. If we got something comes up, we'll, we'll, we'll fill you guys in on some of the stuff. One of the things we talked about off the air, what are the top – Rookies, not, and I'm not saying necessarily wide receivers or quarterbacks or running backs. It's everyone from the offensive linemen to the defensive tackles. Anybody could be who are the top rookies right now if we go into the 13th week. And let me give you my first three and let me tell you if you agree with me at this time. I like Tristan Worth of Tampa Bay Bucks. Is he keeping Tom Brady safe? Well, you better believe it. Great choice for Tampa Bay to get that offensive, best offensive tackle. He's my number one and neutralizing edge rushes as he still did in college. He is probably arguably the one of the most talented uh, young offensive tackles in the NFL. Uh, followed, I have Chase Young, edge of the Washington football team. Now, how in the hell we knew this was going to happen? <clears throat> Overwhelming sack numbers. Um, even though he's not on the greatest team right now, he's doing a superb performance, top performance as a rookie pass rusher. And if you research, he may be better than T.J. Watt and Khalil Mack when it comes down to things after 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 getting used to this league. Uh, 
that's my number one edge and my second player overall. Uh, my number three is Justin Herbert. You know, Car- Chargers have a great future ahead of them. The next few years, you're going to see defense, defenses trying to figure out who this kid is. He's now throwing 31 of 52 passes for 316 yards. That was just last week, folks. So you look at him, and very few interceptions are coming his way. This is a great, promising young man (coughs) in the NFL. I love this rookie, and I'm sure you're here with me. Tell me about if you have anybody else to throw in the top three. (coughs) Well, obviously – Justin Herbert, offensive rookie of the year candidates. You've got Herbert, you've got Justin Jefferson, Antonio Gibson. Well, I haven't, I haven't got to those. I'm just talking about the top three players right now. Well, I've got my, my list too. I've got a lot. There's a lot of players in the conversation. I would put Jedrick Wills in there just because I think he's been fantastic at left tackle with the Browns, and I would put him in this conversation. Well, with Worfs, I think you could make the argument that he's the best offensive line draft so far. Right. I'm. I'm going to go. I can go to my top three, and then I'm going to f- the next three actually. And th- these are you mentioned two of them right now, and then you can agree with me. Number four, I do have Justin Jefferson. He is the by far the best wide receiver uh, uh, rookie in this league, and it's kind of surprising as we did off the air that. He wasn't picked one, two, or three. He was picked four in the first round. Yeah, and now that Vikings have no Adam team, no problem. They got the rookie of the year of uh, who's outshining. Basically, he has registered seven reception for 70 yards, two touchdowns against the Panthers. How do you like that? Pretty good statistic there uh, for week 12. Uh, you know, 15th in touchdowns. You know, for a rookie, you, you don't look at only the stats. You look at how he's going up against the matchups. But right now, he's really one of the top five uh, uh, rookies as far as comes down to things. And probably a, probably a top 50 overall player right now, if you come without things. Now you get two offensive tackles. One of them you do mention. You, you forgot to mention McKeel Becton of the Jets. Jets have a crappy team. We all get that. But McKeel Becton is doing his job. He has stopped many. If you look at the statistics for this guy, he has done. He is, he's going to be measured up as a pro ball, pro bowler when it comes to the future. It's just he's on a junk, crappy team right now. you got to love Jet, Jarek Willis as, uh, Jarek Wills, as uh, Chris indicated. Um, you know, you got Beckham, Worse, and Wills. I think they're all on about the same platforms. You're just watching uh, Wills and you're watching Worse a little bit more because they're on better teams. And, and we know that. And it's great to have Wills and Thomas going from Thomas to Wills, I should say, from the Browns. And that makes uh, Mayfield look really, really well in the Cleveland uh, for, the, for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and Jedrick Wills has been one of those players. I mentioned Claypool. We've Tua has, and hasn't done enough. If he had started at the beginning of the year, I think he'd be in the conversation with Burrow and Herbert. With Burrow going down, I think Herbert is by far and away the QB with the best odds to win offensive rookie of the year. 
I'll transition to the defensive side of the ball now. You mentioned the front runner Chase Young as one of the candidates here. A player to watch could be Alex Highsmith of the Pittsburgh Steelers because he was one of the guys I saw in Mobile. He didn't stand out during the practices in Mobile, but he did get a letter of recommendation from Dabo Sweeney. He was that good at the Charlotte 49ers that Dabo Sweeney praised him for his individual play, saying he could play for any school in the program, even his school, Clemson. So, I mean, he's a player to watch with Bud Dupree tearing his ACL, being out for the year, unfortunately. There's a few rookies. I think it's got to be at this point, it's got to be Chase Young's got to be the definitive favorite to win defensive rookie of the year. Uh, I'm going to throw I'm going to throw another name out of defensive rookie. Julian Blackman. You can't stand, a, I love this safety out of the Colts. He's making that defense outstanding in the secondary. Look, you got you got look. You want to talk about Blackman is a future Colts safety and he's going to be there for many years. Um you know, he might not be considered, like you said, defensive rookie of the year, but he is the top two, uh, I, I believe, because if you really watch the defense, he really is the standout. Yeah, because Kari Willis is out for the Colts this week, and we'll get to the Colts a little bit later when we pick some of the games. But Kari Willis was a starting safety heading into the year, and um, – because this was the story with the Colts last year at safety. They had Malik Hooker and Clayton Gethers expected to start at safety. Kari Wills came in as a rookie, beat out Gethers for the safety job. And this year, Willis has been pushed to the limit by Blackman. Even though Blackman began this year as a backup, he has been pushing Willis for those minutes. And with Malik Hooker in a contract year, Blackman's going to be a long-term starter on the Colts. There's no denying or disputing that. And there's a lot of good safeties in this draft. Jeremy Chin was a safety that converted the linebacker. He recovered two fumble recoveries for a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I, I can go – let me go back. Uh, let me see. Um, you know, we, uh, we can go back to the offense in a bit. But, you know, if you want to talk more defense as – Antoine Winfield out of the Bucks Again, we're talking about a Bucks. You got Jeremy Chin out of the Panthers. You just spoke about love his fumble recoveries. He just these guys know how to get to the ball. Both of them know how to tackle very good. They are on the top ranking, and both of them will be Pro Bowlers soon, if not this year. Yeah, Patrick Queen could be another candidate too. The Ravens, uh, thirty. Oh yeah, Patrick Queen. I like this guy. He, he had a he had a productive night against. Uh, last week, not this uh, productive night, really a couple days ago, against the Steelers, recorded nine tackles. Queen led the Baltimore defense in a very competitive game. And they probably had no business keeping it close, but they did. Queen continues to develop in the NFL and looks like one of the top NFL rookies this season as well. Um, we haven't. There's one position that we didn't mention because maybe there's really no top top person. It, but but I like Jalen Johnson, a cornerback out of the Bears. He continues to be disruptive in NFL. If you look at the tape when he uh, went against uh, Alan Lazard, hitting him and forcing him incompletions, he passed the flex. He is all around corner that he's going to shine in the future in Chicago. And I'm going to go back to the uh, – uh, 
Jaylen offense, the rookie from Utah. Did you just mention Jalen Johnson, the Utah rookie corner? Because he's been phenomenal this season. Yes, that's who I just mentioned. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Continue. Yes, and uh, one one more. I guess we didn't. Uh, if I want to go in the top twenty, uh, I can do that since we're mentioning defensive players. We didn't really finish the offense because we didn't explain who's the top running back, but that's fine. We'll go back to it. Um, Derek Brown and Javanian Kinlaw. You usually don't notice these guys that are defensive tackles their first year, but they both are beginning to be in having insane. First of all, Klinlaw had an insane performance against the Saints on Week Ten. Uh, that's the game I watched, so I kind of paid well, attention Kinlaw to that. Play, he didn't. Kinlaw didn't have a perfect in Mobile, but he made big plays every day in the practices and the game. He interviewed well. He provide for his family he's saying all the right things and he's backing up his talk with his actions so i gotta give kinlaw credit in the niners front office and john lynch for drafting kinlaw that was a big pickup by them in the draft and the yeah. only reason they yeah. traded to force buckner the colts who missed last week due to the covid uh but he's gonna be back for the colts this week but yeah kinlaw's been great and so is brown Right. I mean, Brown, Brown is a very talented uh, rookie interior defensive uh, tackle for the uh, Panthers. Um, I'm going to flip back to uh, the uh, – I mean, we have honorable mentions in receiver, of course. You have – you know, you went to Claypool and, for sure. But also you got you still do have the, the front runners of the wide receivers. You do have um, – Jerry Judy and um, I'm drawing C.D. Lamb, uh, but in reality, what comes down to it, uh, you know, those are the people that are getting the ball out to them. Even though right now those two do not have the top quarterbacks with them, but let's get to the running backs. There's three running backs on my list that we didn't really mention because they're not in the top ten. We all understand that wasn't a rookie uh, a running back season. But these guys are three, and the, the three running backs are going to be very productive. Antonio Gibson, out of the Washington football team, very, very looks very healthy as a rookie, very smooth kind of runner. He hasn't been in the end zone too much times, but it's just I just see a, a promising future. Um, also, everybody likes James Robinson. A lot of people are moving him into their fantasy league. Uh, and people didn't see that coming, but he is one of those weapons that the Jaguars actually have this year. Whoever's playing quarterback, making it a little bit of a running game, being a very productive, uh, bright spot. I James think for the- was the beast at the Shrine game. He had the longest Shrine game touchdown in history, and he was beastly at Illinois State. I had him as my Mr. Irrelevant. Had the Giants taken him at 255 in this draft, they would have had a fill-in for Saquon Barkley and someone to push Barkley, but they got Galvin. They didn't need to take him. But he's been great with the Jaguars, though. With the quarterback change, he's even though they've had three QB changes, he's been reliable each week. He's probably going to be a top 10 running back in fantasy next year. And then the, the, the uh, one that everybody knows about, everybody has him in their fantasy league, but he's not going to – he's just on the best offense. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, he is on that Chiefs attack. You know, how they destroyed the Bucks. You know, 
He's averaging not that much, really. But he's so healthy, and he has, with, uh, you know, from falling to the running back, you know, uh, I mean, now that I think they have a running back uh, by committee, they have a couple of running backs actually going there. He's still a very talented back. Isn't that correct? Yeah. I think they have have Swift back. back, Part of that 15-0 LSU team. One more running back I want to mention. There's a few, actually, but the – Jonathan Taylor of the Colts, DeAndre Swift of the Lions, and uh, J.K. Dobbins of the Ravens all went the second round of the draft. I I picked up Swift in the eighth round of my fantasy draft. He has been big for me when I've needed him to step up. He's been cleared from the concussion protocol, so he will play this week. And he's I think he's been the most reliable of those three second rounders. What are your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, I mean DeAndre Swift is you know is on the same theme as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and you know. He's, when healthy, he is, I think, a little bit more talented than Hilaire. We just haven't seen him much this year. And he's been an asset to Stafford in that Detroit Lions backfield. So right. Daryl Bevel's going to get his first game as interim head coach. And I always liked Bevel as a coordinator, but now he's taking over for Patricia's team. So I'm curious to see how the team responds to him against a stealth Chicago Bears defense on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to talk more about Swift, I mean, Lions desperately missed him when he was gone. Yeah, and now, I mean, they were relying on on the the receivers. Now that he's back, it's going to be a better game for Chicago to play, and, and maybe it'll, maybe Detroit can come out with a win. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, so those are our rookies. That was a good segment. Um, now we're going to go to our regular uh, programming type of things that we bring up. If you want more content on the 2021 rookies, tune into our, tune into my podcast on talk shoot tomorrow at 10 AM. We're breaking them all down from QB to safety. We're not breaking down the fullbacks, kickers or punters, but we're breaking down everything else. Top five at each position and sleepers. So you're getting all of that tomorrow morning for 2021 after listening to Orr and I discuss the 2020 rookies. And now back to our regularly scheduled programming. Take it away, Orr. Yeah, all right. Now we discuss, uh, we have two two more segments left in the show. We have our NFL power ranking for this week of 13 we're entering, uh, believe it or not. Actually, we skipped the game yesterday, but that's okay because we got so suspended. It's like it was the game every day. So anyway, um, I'm going to give you my top 15. I always skip the uh, the rest of the teams because I think they're a bunch of useless, not useless teams, but there's a couple of teams that are on the edge, which can and make some noise this week. But let's go to the top three first. And you and I, I think, agree with the top three. We have Kansas City Chiefs. And hey, you know what? Coming off last minute win over their rival, no problem, right? That was a week before. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is on top of his game. Maybe another NFL MVP. Well, we'll talk about that when it comes closer to it. Um, and then number two, we both have the Pittsburgh Steelers, who won against the Ravens, even though it was postponed three times. Finally, it took place two days ago on Wednesday night. What a joke, eh? Oh, my gosh. 16 to 14 win only. But, you know, Lamar Jackson got COVID. Well, that's conflicting the season. So anyway, Steelers stay out number two. The The best NFC team right now is the New Orleans Saints. Come on. 
winning the Broncos, not an easy task. Of course it is. 31-3. to Very impressive. And Taysom Hill, well, they're looking for Drew Brees. And when they're ready, they're going to be winning the, every game. No problem. They have Alvin Kamara, too. Um, Green Bay Packers, my second best team, number four uh, in an NFC. And how can you go wrong? You got Aaron Rodgers. You got Devontae Adams. I mean, they're a team that's very experienced, knows how to play, knows how to win. And Green Bay is definitely locked in the playoffs. Hey, they're sitting at A and three, eight and three on top of the NFC North right now. Um, number six, I had a few complications, but I came down to putting the Bills there. And they had another sloppy win. Despite, uh, you know, oh, it's just, it's close here. But, but Bills have some way to uh, to fit in somehow. We'll see if they can win the Steelers. Maybe they can get lucky to next week. But I doubt it. Anyway. Number seven, I have the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, Goff and all those characters. Um, I think they're getting the job done. That's what they can do. So I have them at number seven. And then followed, they're followed by the court, Colts with uh, Rivers. But it hasn't been an easy task for the Colts. They had a few also uh, – absentees caused by uh, COVID-19 as well. And now they play the Texans. What do you look for in that game? But we'll talk about it later, I guess. And then the next two are Seattle Seahawks, who I uh, up and down, up and down. Um, But they still are legit Super Bowl contenders. Don't sleep on Seattle. And number 10, I have Tom Brady and the Bucks even though they lost to Mahomes and they lost to, uh, you know, the Saints, they still are number 10 in my ranking. That's not bad. Do you have any questions on the last five before I get into the last, uh, the next five? Go ahead and mention the last five. Okay. They had a little conflict because there's some losers, there's winners, there's losers. Two of these teams lost. Actually, three of these teams lost. Two of them won and are looking better. But let's sink into Cleveland Browns first, who I have at number uh, 12. Uh, uh, 12. Um, because Miami, I am so shaky on that I had both of them 12, 11A, 11B, really. But if you want to put it Miami Dolphins, I'll put it ahead of Cleveland Browns because that's my uh, sneaky query. But that doesn't mean much to you guys. Um, and then uh, followed by Arizona Cardinals. Hey, you know, they still got Kyle Murray. Hasn't been on top of his game, but they have one of the best receivers in the league, DeAndre Hopkins. So you can't go with the Cardinals. They can move up. They can move down. And that leads me to the Raiders. And the Raiders are confusing everybody. One week, they look like the top five team. The next week, they collapse. I mean, they win the Saints. They win the Chiefs. They had double-digit losses, though, against the Patriots and the Bucks, versus the Bucks. Um, And then you're going through this game, and the Falcons, and they got locked like they were the best team in the world. 
So do we trust the Raiders making the playoffs? Well, let's see what they do against the Jets, because if they don't move up, I can't move them up, but I can move them all the way down. The last one is the 49ers. They're making a little uh, little move here. They look like crap earlier in the year, and now they're looking a little bit better. Hey, Sherman, then Mopsrot's back. Sherman snagged an interception. I mean, they're looking like the 49ers. And 49ers can make a move here uh, with not too many teams ahead of them in that division. But we'll see. They still have the uh, Seattle and the Rams. But that's my top 15. Yeah, and that's a good top 15 to have. There's 15 teams in the NFL with winning records right now. And that's why we saved the talk and we did this to save time because, like, if there's only 15 teams with winning records in the top 15, those are the really the only teams we should be breaking down. And dis- well, I mean, there is one more team that's on the edge of that, too, and that's the Ravens. But, you know, they haven't played anybody, really, um, you know, who, and one. That's where my uh, thoughts have been coming, and that would be, I think those are the movers and the shakers are those last five or six teams that we mentioned, and then they can move around as well in the order in the next two couple of weeks. Um, and also you have, uh, you know, uh, Patriots and Vikings are catching up. I don't think Atlanta will win that many more games, um, but that remains to be seen. And now, uh, before you uh, switch uh, into the into the games, I just want to say these are the teams that are going to be rising next week. Is the Packers, the Bills, the Browns will rise. If the Raiders win, they may rise. And Cardinals can, if they lose, they might not have a chance at the playoffs. And that's what that's what the deficiency is. Um, I'll be right back. Yeah, and we'll be breaking down predictions shortly. Um, I am working on um, some of the write-ups for the week 13 predictions on the website. So that's I've been letting Oren take the lead and talk on some of these conversations. And are you back now? Or is that? But anyway, there's I, there's only one game to me that really stands out as far as the week 13 games, and that's okay. I'm back. I'm back here. And I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger. I didn't reveal what that Week 13 game of the week was. I left the audience on a cliffhanger, and you returned just in the nick of time. So we're back, and we're ready to start breaking down these games for Week 13. Okay, let's go to Atlanta. As the Saints face Atlanta, Atlanta looked pretty good against uh, the Raiders, but is that a joke, or is it they're just getting better? So, uh but they're still playing the Saints. They're familiar with the Saints pretty well. Uh, Matt and Ryan will make it interesting, but the Saints will still win. The last uh, game that they played each other, Saints did win 24-9. to I'm going to give the Saints 24 points again, but this time the Falcons are going to score a little bit more. 24-20 to are my scores on that game. What do you think there? I have the Saints winning and the Falcons covering the point spread. So I went 26-24 Saints, but I do think Atlanta's got a very good secondary that is red hot, that is coming off a uh, – they, they, they came out and played with vengeance after losing to Taysom Hill. 
all four of those defensive backs. Uh, Brian Thornsburg, uh, who covers the Raiders, pointed out how Waller was held in check, Ruggs was held in check, Renfro was held in check. All the Raider receivers were held in check by these Atlanta defensive backs. So if they can play that good against New Orleans and Taysom Hill, they got a shot to pull the upset. But I am taking the Saints. All right. Let me let's uh, bring us to Chicago and the Chicago. We just we kind of briefly spoke about that in our earlier segment. The Lions are fly out to Chicago. Lions just fat, uh, fired Matt Patricia, their coach. Remember that last week? We didn't talk about that much. Um, and the Bears are coming off a two TD loss to the Packers. I mean, the Packers are a much better team than the Lions. Um, and Trubisky led a comeback actually last time they played. That was back in uh, week one. Yeah, they were Lions were ahead 23 6 in that week one game, and the Bears scored 21 unanswered to pull off the comeback. And uh, Stanford try to return that favor and get uh, back in. The Bears have lost five in a row, folks. Lions have lost five in a row, too, against the Bears. Well, one of those streaks have to come to an end. I know I picked Chicago off the air with Chris, but now that I look at it, hey, why not take the chance? Lions win 26-23. So are you taking the Lions just to create shock value with our audience, or are you taking the Bears? Shock value with the audience. Okay, okay. I just wanted to clarify that. So I'm not going to change the pick, and you're taking the Lions to create shock value. And that's fair, because the Lions have only won one game without Kenny Galladay. That was against the football team. And believe me, I had the Lions winning this division back in the summer. So I'm telling you that I think DeAndre Swift, he has a big fantasy game. The Lions can pull off the upset. I do like Bevel, but it's going to be tough, and I got I'm got the Bears winning this one because of their defense. All right. Next game is the Browns going to Tennessee Titans. You know, this is what made my decision here. It's not that Cleveland's a bad team, but the last time Tennessee played the Browns, Tennessee dominated. 43-13 last year. And that was with Mariota. That was not with Tannehill. That was with Mariota. Exactly. Very different team, both sides. But the Browns may be better a little bit this time. They're not going to get dominated. And that might be, again, face in the AFC playoffs. Um, you got If you want to talk about a running game, you're going to get one here. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. Very good, very consistent running backs. I'm going to go really close in this one, 28-24, and pick the Titans. I'm going to take the Titans as well. I think I have a similar score, but the reason I'm taking the Titans is not the same reason you're taking the Titans. The reason I'm taking the Titans is simple. Denzel Ward is out, and heading into this year, Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams were the top two corners on this depth chart. Ronnie Harrison, who they've got in a trade with Jacksonville, is also out. So Cleveland's secondary is going to be banged up, but I know Jonu Smith's inactive, but A.J. Brown and Corey Davis are just going to have a field day with these second-team Browns corners, and it's not even going to be funny. It's just going to be kind of sad. I think the Titans win this game. And I'm looking at my score here. I'm 30 to 27. I have a high scoring game. 
but I think the Browns cover the five and a half point spread because I like the Browns offensive tackles better than the Titans. They have Conklin at former Titan at right tackle. So I do think this game is going to be close, but I'm taking the Browns. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Yeah. Well, that's where we differ on that game. Uh, but we're going to lead down to the Bengals. They travel to the Dolphins. This was actually supposed to be a rookie quarterback game of Joe Burrow versus Tua Tugabalovo, or whatever his last name is, but Tua versus Joe. And this could be for many years to come, this kind of battle. We hope it does. Miami ranks as second in the NFL in scoring defense. And Brandon Allen will have trouble in the passing game. Miami takes care of business with ease, 30 to 10. Without Burrow. Yeah, and I like the Dolphins in this game because Miami is Miami has a lot of pieces in play. They drafted three starters on that offensive line with Kinley, with Robert Hunt, with Austin Jackson. So they're starting a rookie right tackle and a rookie left tackle. So they're going to have a two- or three-year window to contend for a Super Bowl at some point down the road with all the pieces of play. It's not going to be this year. It might be next year or the year after. But they're putting a great team together, Miami, and I've got the Dolphins winning this one 31-0. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's pretty accurate there. That's uh, I don't know if they're going to get zero points, but uh, we shall see what happens on that one. You know, it's going to be nice uh, to watch. Next game we got, is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Vikings. And I think you wanted to mention something about this one. The Jaguars have no quarterback. They have Glennon, but Glennon's not that great. And James Robinson, we mentioned him earlier. He's going to have to outrush Dalvin Cook and carry the Jaguars to a win. And I just don't think he's going to do that. Dalvin Cook is going to unleash his inner Nick Chubb. He's pissed about not getting 100 yards, and he's going to take it out on the Jaguars, and they're going to win. Yeah, I mean, I just see the Vikings are coming off, coming back in a victory. They have Dalvin Cook. They're, they're, may, they're going to take advantage of Jacksonville's run defense, which is 29th in the NFL. The Jaguars have played the Packers and the Browns in the last three weeks, and that was no match. But this is a tougher matchup on the road. The Vikings will win 31-21. I agree. The Vikings will win. Okay, let's go to the New York Jets. I'm just about having won again. I've got 34-20 Vikings over the Jaguars, but we're going to talk okay. about the Jets now. Yeah, let's talk about the Jets who are searching for that win. Well, if they played the Raiders last week, they may have got it. But they're not playing the Raiders last week. They're playing the Raiders when they're upset. They're playing the Raiders when they just got blown out. They're playing the Raiders when Derek Carr is going to learn from his mistakes. They're playing the Raiders. They do not have – the Jets are not Atlanta on defense, let me tell you, folks. This way, the, the Raiders will win and then have a good win. It's going to be not a blowout, but – the Raiders want to get back in the playoff contention. Their car bounces back 
gets the win 31 to 17. They're playing the Raiders when Chris Berman calls them the Las Vegas Raiders. Point taken. 31-20, Raiders over the Jets. I know the Jets have their top three receivers back at full health. They had their full their receivers at full health last week against the Dolphins. They couldn't get anything going. And they might score enough points to keep this close, but I'm going 31-20, Raiders over the Jets. Uh, now, want to move to the game of the week? I thought we already talked about the game of the week, the Titans and the Browns. What's your okay, let Oh, another game. I'm sorry. There's no more games of the week. I'm just playing. <laughs> Indianapolis at the Texas Texans. Rivers uh, Deshaun Watson and company. Deshaun Watson looks like a little bit better than coming back. 15 touchdowns, no interceptions the last six games, folks. Deshaun Watson's back on the money here. Playing a great team. This is a divisional game. This is a dangerous game for the Colts to play. Colts could lose this one, folks. That's why I actually have the Texans winning. I also have the Texans winning, 31-24. Um, I read the injury report this morning. Anthony Costanzo, the Colts' left tackle, he is out for this game. And the Colts are 0-1 without Costanzo at left tackle with that loss coming to the Browns. Quentin Nelson had his worst game of the season against Tennessee. I think mate, you could argue, because Nelson was flawless as a rookie, and he did great until uh, missing Week 17 with a concussion last year in his second season. So he had the worst game of his career against the Titans last week. And Kari Willis is out. Julian Blackman's going to get the start for the Colts. Oren mentioned him earlier. So I've got the Texans winning 31-24. Four of our five staff members picked the Texans, and that really shocked me considering that the Texans, they beat the Lions, they're coming off a bye week, and the Colts are favored to win this game. So the fact that four out of five people on the site picked the Texans, that surprised me, and it takes a lot to surprise me, a lot more than it would take to surprise Ori, but the Texans are going to win, that's the point. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, there's no. I don't want to argue about nothing to debate on that one. Texans are are gonna play a spoiler here, you know. If you want to count it that, they're just back to where they should be. The Rams next game is NFC matchup, divisional ma NFC West divisional matchup. Rams uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. Well, this is the first of the two meetings actually between the. NFC West playoff the contenders. They're right behind Seattle. You know, the winner of this could actually win the division, believe it or not, still, even though the Cardinals are a little, a game or two behind. So, Sean McVay, if you get these damn fine turned, Sean McVay can tune these, make it so there's no interception, no turnovers. They could win this game. Kyle Murray gets back into Arizona. He just a star there. A lot of people have him winning. For some reason, it's going to be a very close game. I have the Rams winning 30 to 27. Yeah, and I've got the Rams winning this game as well. Because here's the thing. Aaron Donald and Justin Pugh were both out at practice this week. But Aaron Donald is healthy, Justin Pugh is playing through an injury. So I think that gives the Rams the advantage because Pugh is the Cardinals' best guard. Just 
did Murray move from right tackle to right guard? He's been awful at right guard this year. So I think that's going to give the Rams the advantage. Plus you have Michael Brockers, Tanzel Smart, that 34 defensive line is at full health. So I, I'll take the Rams. That's a good – I like your – right there. I like your explanation there for the Rams. Um, let's go into that other divisional, uh, NFC West divisional. They're just playing somebody on the East Coast. Uh, number one is Daniel Jones might not even be playing for the Giants. He isn't. He's already been ruled out, according to Ian Rappaport, as of 1 p.m. this afternoon. It's going to be Colt McCoy's first start of the year in Seattle. Well, goodbye. Seattle wins 33-10. to 10. <laughs> Yeah, Col- Colt McCoy, FC, it's, it's ironic. FC Dallas just got knocked out of the MLS playoffs by the Seattle Sounders. And where is Colt McCoy from? Texas. And he's heading to Seattle. So, bye-bye, Colt McCoy. Bye-bye, New York Giants. Seattle wins. And on the uh, NFC East, there's another division, another battle there. But they got to go. Eagles got to face the Packers. And you would think in another day, in another year, it might be a close game. But marching into Lambeau Field in December is not easy for the Eagles. I don't care if they're calling it from a cooler place. Green Bay's defense is still has trouble closing the door. But that's okay. No way that the Eagles are going to win this game. So I have 34 to 21. I like that score. I'm going with a more low. I had 20 to 17 back in the preseason, but it's not going to be that low scoring. I'll change the score to 27-17. Packers win this game by double digits. 27-17 and... I'm going to take the Packers. I think we have one more afternoon game before the Sunday night and two Monday night games, and that's the Patriots-Chargers game, I believe. Right. They have the Patriots-Chargers. Patriots are trying to mount a last-ditch playoff run. If there's no, But there's really no margin of error here. They have to win. But they're playing against the top rookie quarterback this season. Four games, excuse me, in a row, 300-yard games, Justin Herbert. We just spoke about him in our one of the uh, previous segments. Eight straight games, the Chargers have scored 20, allowed, excuse me, allowed 27 points. The, the defense is not good because the Patriots have an experienced quarterback. Maybe he's not top-notch like he used to be, but he's very experienced. You have an experienced team. Patriots against this Charger team will look very dangerous. It's going to be a very, very close game, 27 to 24, and the Chargers will actually win this game. Just as a record, I'm a Patriots fan, and Oren picked the Patriots off the air. But (laughs) I am taking the Chargers to win, too, and I actually have them winning on the site. Because I think the rookie they got with the Patriots draft pick, Kenneth Murray, is going to finally show up this season and have his best game of the year. Forget about Justin Herbert. Herbert might actually struggle against these New England corners. They're deeper than the Chargers receivers, and that's why Oren took the Patriots off the air. But I'm taking the Chargers on the air as well. (laughs) Anyway, let's go into a weird situation because any other year you would look at this game and you'd say one of the biggest rival games 
And you would say, wow, this is a game to watch. The Broncos are going to the Chiefs. And you would say, man, this is a great game to watch. But it's not. Broncos are so screwed up in quarterback, they don't even know who's going to play. They got last week the practice squad receiver to play quarterback. It won't matter against the Chiefs who was playing quarterback anyway. They had to collect this game and move it up to one with the Browns-Titans game two weeks ago, and they probably should have done that, but they didn't. Right, right. So anyway, so doesn't matter. Kansas City is trying to keep pace with the Steelers, get that top AFC seed, and they do. They killed them, forty-one to thirteen. <laughs> I'm laughing at myself because that that's just uh, Chiefs are in another dimension with the Broncos. Yeah, I, I I like the score. I'll go forty-two to fourteen. Okay, um, this is a confusing one, and it could shock actually the Steelers. The Washington Football Team goes to the Steelers. Steelers, yes, are undefeated. Yes, they played. They just played against the Ravens. Yes, they won, but they really only have one, two days of rest, and then they go go back to practice. So it's so hard to see how really good the Steelers are, and they're good. But the Washington football team, being a young team, can take advantage of this and actually really give a run from the money. I still see the Steelers win, but it's going to be a close game, 27 to 21. I'm going closer, 24. <laughs> Steelers mm-hmm. on a game-winning field goal. I think this game may yeah. come to a field goal because of the reasons you mentioned. Washington's had more time to prepare. They actually moved their right tackle, Morgan Moses, over to left tackle for the Thanksgiving game, and he did better there. And with Bud Dupree out for the year, Morgan Moses versus Watt is the matchup to watch because if Morgan Moses can isolate Watt, Alex Smith might actually be able to do something with Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. I'm just saying he might be able to do something with those guys, but they have to play aggressive. Biden, I mean, not Biden, Joe Hayden got beaten deep coverage. I apologize. Pardon me for confusing the uh, president elect with. (laughs) It's okay. But Joe Hayden is going to give up a deep play to if Joe Hayden's weakness is zone coverage, man coverage and press coverage are his strengths. So in Tomlin only like play press on blitzing situations. He's very meticulous and careful about when he lets his corners play press, but Florian and Hayden is an interesting matchup and I'm taking Hayden, not Biden, not McLaurin, not the Washington football team not the Washington Ducks or the Washington politicians or the Washington Steelers, if you want to call them that, just to confuse Steelers nation. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. They go 12-0. and All right, folks. Let's talk about the final two games of the week on the second additional Monday Night Football people. And for people on the West Coast that just haven't usually get a game at 5 o'clock, they actually get this second game. <coughs> Excuse me. It's the 49ers. Buffalo Bills, East Coast, West Coast game. Now, 49ers are moving up that token pole and are giving the, the NFC West a run for their money. And they, as, I, as I said earlier, they're on all syllables. However, 
the Bills on the road this year are not the greatest in the world. They are three and two. This is a tough one uh, for the Bills. The 49ers actually what? favorites. The 49ers enter this game as a one-point favorite, according to oddshark.com, which is a site we use to get the point spreads for each of the games. So the 49ers are actually favored on some gambling sites. We're not in Well, let's choose the 49ers. Why not? Let's go crazy. 24-21, the 49ers win this game at home. Yeah, and I'm going to take the Bills because all the Bills have to do to motivate their team is play the clip of uh, – because this game is going to be in State Farm – stadium where the cardinals play so all the bills coaching staff needs to do is replay that kyler murray hail mary to motivate this secondary to go out there and kick some rear and i think they do it and the bills win this game and beat the back yeah. 49ers in the cardinal stadium they gotta avenge that loss to arizona in state farm stadium they're own one in state farm stadium and the Bills get to go to a State Farm Stadium twice. How that's pretty cool. An AFC team gets to go to an NFC West Stadium twice in one year. Yeah, let me uh, let's bring up the Dallas Cowboys at the Baltimore Ravens. The unusual Tuesday night game again this year. Believe it or not, it's not the first Tuesday night game of the year. Um, the Ravens. You know, we've been dealing with the COVID nineteen roster and all that. For the last couple of weeks. And, the, you know, it's kind of showed against the Steelers maybe a little bit. Baltimore's more desperation of getting a win here than Andy Dalton and the Cowboys. Um, Cowboys are pretty much out, but they do have a chance to win their division, believe it or not. You know, don't be surprised if the Cowboys put a run for their money here. I think it's going to be a closer game than people can imagine. Uh, but I still pick the Ravens, 31-27. to 27. That's fair. I'm going to go with the Ravens, 31-19. to 19. I don't know why I've picked the number 19. It's just the first. Well, 14 was the first number that came to my head, but I picked the team to win 31-14. So I'm going with 31-19 or 31-16 to spice things up. Yeah, I'll do 31-16. I'll lock that in, 31-16 Ravens. Yeah. Um, let's uh, do we have a little bit of time for uh, this college football matches up of a uh, week 14 or, or uh, we, we have, just... yeah, we're at the 54 minute 20. OK, let's give you let's give six minutes, six minutes to get these top games here. Right. Indiana, Wisconsin, both ranked teams. Wisconsin a bit undervalued here. I don't really see too much because they lost. But you know what? I got the Wisconsin winning Indiana. 31 to 20. I'm going to take Watt Filer and the Hoosiers. If All they- right, let's let's move to Ohio State. Michigan will stay right here at that same. Ohio State is okay, but no match for Ohio's no no match for Ohio State is Michigan State. 38 to 10. Um, those are the top two team two games in that division. Um, Alabama. Finally goes to LSU, but LSU are just sleeping this year, man. Alabama dominates this game, forty-nine to fourteen. Yeah, this game, it's gonna be it's gonna be such a blowout, such a spanking that Alabama is gonna crush LSU. Uh, I, I'm not going to 
Yeah, I'm not going to mention that the bank current NFL players are going to feel the pain that um, LSU players in that 15-0 team are going to feel the pain that uh, Nick Saban unleashes. It's going to be that brutal. I had to say that while refraining from Joe Burrow's injury because I'm not making any crude jokes about any NFL players when one is injured. That's just insensitive and that's wrong. So Alabama's just going to destroy LSU and the NFL players that are not injured like Joe Burrow will feel the pain of Nick Saban this week no. who's this to Alabama big. Right. And let's go to the Big 12. That's could be well, Iowa State's trying to clinch that Big 12 championship and they play West Virginia, which is actually going to be a pretty good game, folks. Not bad if you want to talk about concluding. I'm going to actually go with a kind of a low-scoring, mid-scoring game. 21 to 17, I do have the Cyclones winning. Cyclones, definitely. They've got Reese Hall, Matt Kolar, tight end Brock Purdy. That Those three guys are the core of their offense. Matt Campbell's done a terrific job, and it looks like the Cyclones might host the Big 12 championship this year. Okay, next game I have is the TCU Horn Dogs go into Oklahoma State Cowboys, and I do have a one-scoring game here. This is a very, very good game. Gary Patterson goes into, uh, you know, he, he's a good, great coach to have, but the Cowboys are going to lose this one, TCU, 28-27. to 27. Well, TC got a, a good safety, and they got a linebacker as a day three pick, and Garrett Wallow facing um, – Wallow's a linebacker slash safety hybrid. He's going to be facing Oklahoma State. Chubba Hubbard was out for Oklahoma State last week. If he comes back, I look for the Cowboys to win. But if he's not back, I could see TC pulling off the upset. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what what, the, we'll see what uh, those matches up. Let's, let's move to the – Big game. Oh, oh, I forgot the back to Pac-12. I mean, the Pac-10 or Pac-12 or whatever they're called right now. Let's go into the two games that I'm looking at. Washington State goes to USC. Now, USC, they have to win this game. People don't know, but Washington State been sneaking in there. They may have a couple of losses, but they lost to two good teams. So, um, then then you go look at the other Pac-12 matchup you want to look at is California faces Oregon. If the Ducks also lose in this one, California have been winning also a couple of good teams as well. So these two games, just pay attention to. There's a couple in there as well that can do some changes in the Pac-12. Let's go to the games that actually, from the smaller conferences, and that is, um, uh, you want to tell me, uh, the, the BYU, is that right? Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with College Game Day this week because Coastal Carolina was set to host Liberty on College Game Day, but then Liberty opted out of that game due to COVID. So I'm not sure if College Game Day is moving their their game day to BYU or because that was going to be the first game day for Coastal Carolina in school history. And... Yeah, and I mean, this, these two teams are ranked, BYU and Coastal Carolina. They come in little smaller conferences. One of them are going to lose. One of them are going to change the ranking. But I do like where they both are. Undefeated, very good matchup. And you can't ask for a midseason matchup or end of the season, I should say, almost. 
to to the to these two uh, teams during this time. And I think that's going to close our show. Correct. Yeah, and they're still college game. I did get a college game day update on Coastal Carolina BYU. It's actually at Coastal Carolina. They're still hosting the game. BYU's just traveling there instead. And people, for the first time all season, ESPN is allowing um, college game day fans to um, they the event for college game day will. Uh, COVID nineteen social distancing will apply if you want to go to college game day. But ESPN is allowing a limited number of fans to attend the college game day for the first time all season due to coronavirus, and they have to social distance. They have to wear masks. They're going to be assigned seats on pod before. Um, applicants must submit the names of everyone who will be attending along with one valid email address, a mailing address, and a phone number. Those selected to participate will be contacted by Friday by a member of the Coastal Carolina Athletic Department. Anyone who is not contacted is asked to not report to campus and will not be allowed inside the stadium for um, for college game day or for the game itself, unless you purchase tickets through Coastal Carolina's online website to buy a ticket. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, I'm out, dude. Have a good one.